Welcome to a special edition of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm Craig Peters, senior editor of Vikings.com, and I have the honor of hosting this episode that highlights Bob Hagen's 32 years in the Vikings public relations department. Bob retired this offseason, but really the decades on the job never felt like work. Each day was the continuation of a dream for someone who grew up a Vikings fan during the Purple People Eaters era. Over time, Bob became a friend of Fran Tarkenton, a cabin guest of Bud Grant, and like a son to Sid Hartman. But you didn't have to be famous to become a friend of Bob's. You could just be you. Bob's love for the Vikings was joined by a deep commitment to building and maintaining relationships. Between his knowledge of music, his zeal for attending live concerts, and sharing some piping hot pizza, Bob was all about bringing people together. Bob's intertwined thread with the Vikings began long before he started with the team in 1991. The year was 1978, and I was in fourth grade, and my... um, my mom gave me a note that day to get out of school early um, because I had a dentist appointment. And she picked me up, got out of school. We start driving, and we drive, we drive by this huge building where the doctors and dentists were that we always went to. I'm like, isn't that the building? And she goes, yeah, we got to go somewhere else first, though. And I go, okay. So she takes me into downtown Wayzata, and it's, it was a little one-off bookshop. And somehow my mom knew about a private deal that Fran was doing a book signing down there. By this time, I'd been Fran Turkington for Halloween four or five times. So I get up to meet him. And I mean, it's as clear as day. Now I can just see him talking to me. He goes, hey, how are you doing? And what's your name? And and Bob. Then I I said to him, I go, you know, uh, you and I have the same birthday. And he goes, wow. He goes, so your birthday must be February the 3rd. And I looked at him and I go, how did you know that? You know, and I'm like, how did you know that? I just told him we had the same birthday. But that was uh, a great interaction. I mean, that was 1978. Here we are, 1991, 13 years later, I'm working for the Vikings. And basically somewhere in 92, I think, I became his contact here. I became the guy he called all the time. And he lives in Atlanta. And, you know, we've been close, tight friends. He calls at least three times a week. This is my boyhood idol becomes one of my closest friends. I mean, that that just doesn't happen to, I don't, I don't think it happens to anybody, you know. I mean, so, I mean, I consider myself very fortunate to have had that happen and um, just the relationship we've been able to create over over the years. It's been a, a ton of fun. Bob has become a friend and it's way beyond just the Vikings. We have a great time in talking about all the things that are going on in the National Football League and college football and it's comic relief to be able to talk to Rob, Bob about the NFL because who can predict who's going to win today or tomorrow or next week and who's going to be the quarterback or who's going to make the defensive play or who's going to do this and where's this coach going that it's always something going on so it's newsworthy he drops his ego at the door i mean he just uh, he's just a good guy and that means a lot to me we all are looking for people that we can work with to be friends with or that that are that are just good guys and he is just the epitome of a good guy and the vikings have been very lucky to have him there 
for his entire adult life. Bob's start in the Twin Cities media market began with an internship while a student at Iowa State. He interned at CARE 11 with Randy Shaver. I just remember him being very curious, just trying to soak in as much as he could soak in, love sports, all kinds of sports, but just really wanted to kind of see the workings of how a TV station kind of gathers their information. And I think that helped him in his job here. I needed 400 hours and they were paying zero dollars. And so um, luckily I was living with mom and dad at home and I I made it work. Back in those days, it was a lot of hands-on work by interns. It's not as much anymore. But back in the day, you were writing, you were doing interviews, you were going out on stories, you were doing all those things. And again, I, I just think that background in doing that probably gave him a good insight as to what was needed so that when he got the job here and worked his way up here, he had that inside view. After interning at CARE 11, Bob reached out to Dan Indy in the Vikings Public Relations Department. I came in for an informational interview and I left with an internship. You're going to come and work for us for really then training camp was five or six weeks long for the month of July, maybe a little bit longer. You know, it would be a season long thing. You know, looking back, it was far and away the best thing that I ever did uh, at the Vikings was hire Bob Hagen. He would say, come find me and I'll let you know if you have to be in tomorrow. We're about two and a half weeks in and I saw him in the parking lot and I said, do you need me tomorrow? And he said, I don't want you to ask me again. You come in every day until somebody tells you not to. So 32 years later, I just kept coming in. That first season included a moment that Bob and Dan can now laugh about. We were ahead 20 to 3. We had the Silver Dome silenced. In my recollection, he said something to the effect of, so what's a plane ride like home after a win? And no sooner did he say that than we looked up and the Lions completed a long pass for a touchdown and eventually they won the game. So we've always kind of joked like he cursed it. I'll be like, yeah, and it's your fault that we lost in Detroit in 1991, uh, even though we both know that had, has nothing to do with it. But it was just a unique moment for the two of us. And we also know, A, that, I mean, that had no outcome on the game. It just so happened. He said it as the Lions are throwing this long bomb. So I did. I turned to Dan in the press box and I just say, you know, what's it like on the plane ride when you win on the way home? And then it just one thing led to another to another. And, and uh, I think we lost the game 24 to 20. And the Silver Dome was, you know, it was a loud building, too. It was kind of like the old Metro Dome. And the place was roaring. And Barry Sanders was Barry Sanders and did some miracles things out there. Bob's first road trip that season had included a production meeting with Jim Nance and Hank Stram in New Orleans. I just remember they had this big table and they had this like you know really nice tablecloth curtain whatever you want to call it over the table is really nice and and uh, Hank Stram took out a sharpie and just started drawing on this you know thing I mean he's destroying it the hotel's not going to be able to wash this and use it again he's got sharpie and he's doing plays with Jerry Burns and say you know do you take this receiver out here when you when they got the coverage coming from this way and and you know that was pretty good. Production meetings became one of Bob's favorite aspects of the job. Emmy-winning producer Fred Gadelli described what broadcast crews hope for from those sessions. 
and Michelle Tafoya always enjoyed Minnesota hosting Sunday night football. Are you going to be able to speak with the coaches and players you want to speak with? Are you going to be able to speak with them in a timely fashion? Are you going to get all the information, you know, that teams put out, you know, in time to really absorb it and use it in the telecast? It's going to be a pleasurable experience when you visit that day for practice if they're the home team and then the production meetings and at the hotel, you know, if they're the road team. And with Bob, when you knew the Vikings were on the schedule that week, you could take a a sigh of relief and say, okay, this is going to be a great experience this week. Uh, We're going to get what we need. It's going to be a real uh, professional environment. And, you know, that isn't always the case every single week. It was always a great source of pride for me to bring the Sunday night football crew to Minnesota because I knew the treatment we would get by the Vikings would be first rate. And it always was. And Bob Hagen was the tip of the spear as far as that went. He just made sure everything was prepared. Everything was ready. Everything was easy. Everything was thorough. The entire Sunday night football crew absolutely loved Bob for that. He treated us with so much respect for our time and for what we were trying to do. And and so I always felt really good about that. Like, heck, even when we covered the game, the wildcard game against Seattle, when it was seven below right at kickoff, Bob still made sure we had everything we needed. And it, it just, I just don't think there was anyone better. And our crew absolutely love Bob. I loved when they would come into town. Um, It was always three times as much work as a regular game, but in the end it was worth it just to, you know, hang around those people and have those relationships and, and, you know, be a part of such, you know, an amazing broadcast. Bob's colleagues, Tom West and John Ekstrom, noticed his emphasis on those production meetings. You realize the the scope of the reach of that broadcast and, and it's kind of simple human dynamics the better you treat them the better they're going to treat you you know and plus you just you know those those guys are and girls are the top of their profession i mean they just they deserve that professional courtesy and professional respect that, that you get them what they want or more than they want if they ask you for a list of players at the beginning of the week it's you know it's a challenge to to knock them all down you know to sweep the plate clean if you know bob you look in his office he likes to chew on pencils. He likes to chew on pens when he gets nervous. So I'm sure he would probably go through a few more pencils and pens during those weeks. But the incredible relationships he would have with people like Fred Gadelli, you know, the on-air talent, uh, those are just things that he never – he would always make those a priority. And so that would translate down to our staff, just making sure every single detail was A+. plus. And not that we would do any less for a noon game on Fox, but uh, we just understood the importance of these national games. And especially like early in my career, like there wasn't Thursday night football, there wasn't flex games. But like when they're coming to Minnesota, Bob always made a point like, yeah, it might not be the the best weather here if you're coming in in the winter time, but like we want to put out our best effort because we want people to come back here because they love to work with the Minnesota Vikings. And we would always go above and beyond on getting them players and coaches and access to front office members. You know, I think that's something he took incredible pride in. And and that's why those relationships have been so strong, because he poured so much into those games and every game that it just people truly felt like they were important and that they weren't being a burden 
on our staff. Like we really wanted to help them out. And, and that's, that's the truth even to today. I want to treat all the media great. I want to treat our in-house media great. I want to treat our local TV, you know, radio, print, treat all of them well. But don't lose sight of the fact when the TV crew comes in here that, you know, so many more eyeballs are going to be on them than all the other things you did the rest of the week combined. He, um, you know, he made it pleasurable. He made it fun. And he always made sure uh, that you were getting what you needed in a timely fashion. And he really stood out to me uh, for all those things. Bob was great about, you know, bringing Bud Grant onto John Madden's bus, about bringing Sid Hartman, you know, into our production meeting. You know, some of the Viking legends, whether it was Alan Page or Carl Eller, you know, he would bring them over to speak with us and, and, and introduce them to us. And, you know, one of my most vivid memories of Bob is we were sitting on Madden's bus. We had just finished our watching practice over at Needham Prairie, and we were getting ready to leave. And who walks on the bus is Bud Grant with Bob right behind him. And Bud looks at John. Uh, they immediately exchange pleasantries. You could tell there was a great respect there. And then the first words out of Bud's mouth are, John, can you believe how bad the officiating is? And, you know, this is in 2003, and everybody on the bus just burst laughing because here are these two coaching icons, two Hall of Famers, and the first thing they can talk about is how bad the officiating is. Fred and Bob worked together on another iconic moment, Chris Carter's 1,000th catch. Uh, it was a really great emotional moment. And, you know, that was really all made possible because Bob really trusted me and he persuaded Chris and Melanie to, to wear the mics. That year, that was my final year at ESPN producing their version of Sunday Night Football. But we won, we won the Emmy that year for best series. And that segment, in my opinion, is why we won it. We set it up and then Chris delivered. And then we had the great moment uh, with him and his family. So, uh, again, kudos to Bob for, you know, making that happen for us. Fox 9's Don Mitchell observed Bob's style that allowed staff to develop through their own approaches, whether it was an intern like Kelly Klein or staff members like Tom West and Jeff Anderson. You could see that he allowed people to be themselves, you know, Kelly Klein, be yourself, but learn at the same time. And then she went off into like the scouting and then where she is now with Denver. But just to see it's, all right, I'm going to train you, but you don't have to be me. So from the TV side of things and seeing a PR person do that, I thought it was fantastic. It was evident from the moment I came in that, you know, these guys are like, they're totally different, but they're like two peas in a pod. And, you know, in terms of, I mean, they're just, they were just tied together and, but, you know, Tom was more tough love, I think. You know, he would literally walk up to you and name a player on the roster, and your job was to tell him everything about that player. School, height, weight, you know, the whole deal, right? And, and he kind of chastised you if you couldn't do it. Bob, it's pretty hard to get Bob to even raise his voice. You know, I don't know if over the 20 years I've, he's done it more than three or four times, and one of those, one or two of those might have been that, you know, we didn't have the right snacks on game day or we didn't have the right pizza. I'm not, I'm not, you know, being funny. He just, he doesn't get worked up about too many things, you know. And, and so it was this interesting dynamic for sure between the two guys. But 
obviously it worked and, you know, and it's led to a lot of us being in the league. I never thought of it as work, you know, ever. Um, and a lot of that's because of, you know, how Bob operated. Bob is so easy to work with, you know. We got along good. Obviously, it's a track. <laughs> he couldn't get two more different guys. But uh, he's a town kid and I'm a country kid. He doesn't know the working end of a tractor and, and I don't know much about dinner parties and whatever. Jeff's start with the Vikings overcame a prank by a college roommate. When I was a college student and I called the Vikings and asked to, to be able to shadow him in the communications department for a few weeks and you know he called back to my dorm room um, a couple days later and my my roommate answered the phone thinking he'd be funny he answered the phone Pizza Hut you know and and I think about that moment like it could have ended immediately you know he could have made the decision as a professional to to not call back and just to move on you know and instead uh, instead he tried back and and you know and then I had the chance to come and shadow with him and and uh, be a part of that and and stayed in touch with him throughout the rest of college. And then he hired me as an intern uh, coming out of college. And, you know, uh, a couple years later, I left for NFL Europe and I was in Germany uh, working in Hamburg. And and I won't forget the call that, you know, he made to me in that moment and asked, are you ready to come back to, to the Vikings and offered me that full-time, full-time role. So I'm obviously forever indebted to him for bringing me into the fold here and, and being such a part of you know, my career and my and my personal life as well. Absolutely. And just to be clear, when, when your roommate answered Pizza Hut, did you get on the phone immediately? <laughs> did you know it had happened in the moment or did you find out after the fact? Well, I knew that he was going to be calling and, you know, and obviously back in those days, you know, I had a cell phone for emergency use only. So he's calling my, you know, my dorm suite and uh, line. And so I was kind of waiting on his call and I was sitting in the other room and I heard the phone ringing and I heard my roommate answer and I just started yelling, no, 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 running down the hallway, you know, to to him and and he had already hung up at that point so but he called he called right back thankfully you know thinking that he had the wrong number john ekstrom joined the vikings as an intern in 2009 after working in minor league baseball i was just a little bit anxious like going like this is my boss this is who i'm picking up my life and moving to work for and as soon as i met him like it was you know all my stress or anxiety you know quickly went away and you know Bob, from what I thought was maybe like awkwardness, it definitely wasn't awkwardness. It was just kind of like some of his unique quirks of, of who he is. Bob, you know, is a great friend, a great person in my life, not only professionally, but, but personally. The biggest takeaway from Bob is, you know, how he always kept in touch with so many different people, regardless of your stature, your status, you know, currently working, not working, retired, whatever former player, current player. Bob just knows everybody, you know, and so it was great to see him operate and really instill some of those habits in myself and, and the other workers that were coming up underneath them. Bob was always, he always enjoyed being at work. You know, I'd never showed up to work and saw Bob being upset or down because it's another day of work. Like you can tell he truly loved his job, win or lose, coming off a road trip, you know, 95 degree training camp day in Mankato. Um, Bob was excited and appreciated to be there. And I think that really spread throughout the staff on you got to appreciate what you got and be grateful for the opportunity that you have. Sam Newton got his foot in the door as a student in Mankato. It's just kind of watching 
him interact and how he built up our department and then how we've all kind of elevated it through the years. Um, and then you can see how, how Bob does it, how Jeff does it. And it's just, I mean, a perfect spot to grow for someone like me. What we do isn't always unicorns, rainbows, and the most fun environments to be in, but that's something he always did was have fun. Like it was the, the term Quasi uses um, that joyful pursuit of excellence. That's Bob summed up. It was just happy, like happiest guy. If he can have that, that joyful mindset and happy throughout, and that gives you a lot of hope as a young person in this industry and you can follow those footsteps. Bob's deep commitment to relationships was appreciated by KSTP's Joe Schmidt. You said the magic word, relationships. Um, you know, this business is all about relationships, and Bob is a master at them. We, we did several Viking shows, and Bob would help line up the guests, and we would give them a gift certificate, the best buy for being on the guest. And I had to go through our accounting and so forth, you know, whether it was Joey Browner or whether it was, you know, Chuck Foreman, and then later it would have been Robert Smith. And anyway, one time, Bob ended up being a guest because somebody didn't show up. So I thought, what the heck? Bob was a guest. So I went up to... The, the accountant, I said, uh, got a, Bob Hagen needs a uh, gift certificate. She, she's a Vikings fan. Who's Bob Hagen? Oh, he's their new deep snapper. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Bob ended up getting a gift certificate to to Best Buy. And we still chuckled about that one because Bob said, whenever I open my refrigerator, I think of you. You know, one, one thing about Bob that I love is it's not all about the business. He'll ask about you. You know, mm-hmm. so during my time that I've been here, um, I've lost both my parents and my dog all within a four year span. And he would come over and it was always, how are you first? You know, and then talk about you. And it wasn't like, all right, I'll be nice and then I'll get to what I really need. Sometimes that's all he talked to you about was, oh, I hear you're going to on a trip here. And when I went, it was this. Or how are you doing after this? Or I even fainted once in the Vikings locker room. Mm -hmm. Kind of during that time, I probably wasn't taking care of myself very well in that span. And the phone calls, and and it's not a major deal. That's the thing. It's like this, it's this velvet touch of just, I'm not prying, but I'm just checking in. I'm being professional, but I'm your friend. Mm -hmm. It's this unique balance that's really kind of uh it's one of a kind it really is there is no doubt that bob is truly invested in you as a person um, and you can always bring any problems to him that are outside of work and and he's going to be there to listen and give advice so uh, just an awesome quality to yeah he's a boss but he cares about the individual and he cares about your family one of the things he taught all of us and right out of the gate when you joined the vikings he, he was clear about it was the value of relationships. And I almost have to sometimes remind myself, you know, to let that rub off on me because I have a tendency to focus on the job functions and the process and the structures. And, and, uh, and a lot of what we do just comes down to people and caring about people. And he's so good at that. I just think I was always just being myself. And, uh, you know, in, in, in college, I was the guy that would get along with everybody. And, and obviously, you know, I'm a huge sports fan and that, but I had plenty of friends in college that had zero to do with sports. And uh, that was fine. You know, my wife always says, you have an incredible group of friends. You also have 
a bunch of very odd friends, but I mean, they, I like characters and, uh, you know, characters kind of make the world go round. It was uh, how crazy, ridiculously strong these relationships had been built through decades. And not just with a couple people. Everywhere we'd go, we'd go to a road game and there'd be someone that he'd known from decades ago uh, that they'd stayed in touch. And it was just incredible to see the depth of the relationships throughout the years. He's a master connector of people. Uh, his ability to recall things, uh, he, he's just, it's just been heartwarming for me to watch. And, and it's, a, it's a point of pride that, you know, really all I had to do was say, yeah, come and work for us and then help him get, get hired on. Everything he's done since has really been primarily his doing. Longtime Vikings equipment manager Dennis Ryan's career overlapped with each of Bob's 32 seasons. Bob makes friends easily. He always has. He's, he's very likable. He finds the positive in everything. You know, no matter the direst of circumstances, Bob is going to find, hey, but but this was good. Sam Farmer with the Los Angeles Times knew Bob through covering Super Bowls, but their relationship has grown the most at Wimbledon. Bob has those relationships, and I think he was an incredible ambassador for the franchise, and not just the franchise, for Minnesota. You know, he's uh, synonymous with Minnesota and, and certainly with the Vikings. Bob's investment in relationships showed its greatest value in tough times. Just ask Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen. Really the most memorable for me would be after the 2009 season and the NFC title game loss at New Orleans. But, you know, see, Bob had so much to do after that game that I didn't really get, you know, like a feel for for how he truly felt with that incredibly emotional loss. So that that comes to mind first and foremost because of how close to the Super Bowl the team was and how emotional the game ended up being given it went to overtime. But, you know, now that I think about it for for just a little bit is after the Vikings lost to Seattle at the college stadium, it's, I don't want to say, you know, like that is the saddest that I've seen Bob or saddest I was where we needed to console each other. And, and, and we've done that for many different things and many different scenarios during the um, 20 plus years that I've known him. Uh, but that was an angry locker room. And, and that was a very, very angry locker room with players uh, that uh, were borderline uh, they were sitting on some heavy vitriol and about ready to burst. So Bob, watching Bob navigate that and and navigate working with the head coach Mike Zimmer, who who was hot, and he was very saddened too. That that's something I'll never forget because the job that Bob held, well, there's an art that goes into that job, and and the artistry or the nuance and the intricate nature. Of, of how to handle things that don't come in a handbook these days, uh, quite honestly, in, in my walk of work uh, with, uh, with the three jobs that I do, quite frequently, I notice it's lost. One of the strongest relationships Bob built during his time with the Vikings was with legendary Twin City sports writer Sid Hartman. It was always an adventure when he came out here, and he was here, you know, four days a week. And, you know, some days he'd have off, but then when you knew and you knew when he was here, because, I mean, I would have my hands full. I'd have to take him everywhere and do everything with him. But overall, I enjoyed every minute of it. It's kind of funny. Like, when I first started working here, he was 70 years old. 
and people are like, hey, you're not going to have to worry about that guy. He's not going to be here much longer. And, you know, here he was with me for another 30 years. So I'm glad I didn't listen to to that and not take a, a liking to him. It was a job where you were having to convince other people to see what you saw in the value that Sid presented, you know, which new people to the Vikings didn't um, didn't know it, didn't understand it, but it, they figured it out pretty soon. So it was, it was really... Um, Sid relations for, for many, many years. I caught the back end of Sid. Um, but he was still fierce, and Bob was always making sure um, he was getting what he needed, and, and we were there to help and make sure it was it was going as well as, as it should. So, yeah, that was my early years. Um, I'll never forget those moments with Sid and Bob and kind of just you knew you were sitting in some some rarefied air when Sid was around. It was always interesting. And, you know, it was a great time, too. So, you know, there's those two had nothing but love and respect for each other. And seeing the way Bob would plan his his birthday lunches and uh, the guest list that he'd have lined up was, was awesome. The way Cosell and Al Lee would go back and forth with each other, jokingly and lovingly, and they would do so on, on television, well, that reminded me a lot of Bob and Sid, you know, how they would go back and forth. And, you know, even if Sid did kind of hear something, well, I mean, Bob would play the bit where like he didn't hear it. And, you know, and then he would come back and say, practice is almost over. Did you hear me? And and then Sid would smile and laugh and he would come back at Bob. So the dynamics of their relationship was born not only of respect, but equity and love. And and when I use one of several nicknames I have for Bob, and I call him Mother Hen, well, he's Mother Hen because he of the way he cared for, loved, and looked over Sid, likewise for Bud Grant, likewise for me, and countless others in his life. I just love seeing those those guys interact with each other and I'd hear his conversation with Sid clear as day from all the way down the hall because he's just yelling at the top of his lungs for Sid, you know, trying to get him out for open locker room or for a press conference. Um, but Bob would always slip in a couple one-liners, and we all get the chuckle. And Sid just never, never had a clue. But Bob just never took – he never – you know, when it was time to work, Bob, you know, no one would grind harder than Bob. But he just never took anything too serious. It, he just always kept things light and was always looking to make jokes. Um, and I think that, like, that was a lot of how he, like, would disarm people, you know, in tough conversations or just getting to know people. He would use humor and he would just, you know, try to kind of make them feel at ease. And that's something that Tom West does a great job at, too. I think that uh, Sid actually kind of treated Bob like, you know, like another son, so to speak. They they had that that much of a relationship. And, 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 and Sid could be a pain in the butt, as we all know, but Bob was able, and which, is, which is really good, Bob was able to handle that. You know, obviously a lot of us had the chance to, to be around Sid, and you have so much respect for what that career was and, and who he was, but Bob was one of a few people that, you know, really got Sid, and that Sid just, you know, he loved him, he loved him like a son, and as it became harder for Sid to to cover the team on a regular basis, I mean, Bob was always finding ways to make sure he was out here, and when he was out here, that it was productive for him. Well, I remember Sid was not always easy, and he could make life difficult for people, and he was hard, 
to, to get into his corner. It was hard to, to make your way in there. Bob was one guy, and a very young guy, was able to do that. And Sid had complete respect and, and loved Bob. And, you know, for, I'd say Bob, outside of Fred Zambrelletti, would have been Sid's closest friend and confidant. Oh, and, of course, Bud Grant, sure. the number one. That, uh, you know, Sid loved him and respected him. And you can't say that about many people. <laughs> Maybe Chad Hartman, Bob Hagen, and Bud Grant. Because of Bob's unique relationship with people like Sid Hartman, a whole host of unique opportunities presented themselves. There, there was times when he would, um, can you go to lunch tomorrow? I go, well, I'm going I'm out with one of my friends. Well, who is it? And I'd say the person's name. He's like, well, I don't know who that is. I go, I know you don't. They're one of my friends. You know, it's like it's a friend of mine from college. And he'd be like... Well, I think I'll come along. And he did. And he did this like 20 times. And I'd have to tell the person, I'm like, uh, just so you know, Sid Hartman's coming to lunch with us tomorrow. And uh, he's going to ask you everything about you. So be ready. And those were incredible lunches. I mean, he would invite himself to anything. And I, I never said no, because after he did it a few times, I go, ah, this actually works. You know, he's respectful and would treat these guys great and usually tell him about something great that he does or, you know, whatever business they were in, he would try to pretend like he knew all about their business, too. While Bob's relationship with Sid grew over the years, he also connected with Sid's close personal friend, Vikings legendary coach, Bud Grant. You grew up in Minnesota, and it's like, uh, you know, that's the only coach that I knew, you know, because I was born in 1968. And so it's Bud Grant, and obviously we had these incredible you know, teams in the 70s and early 80s and, you know, just, uh, you know, I mean, he's just somebody that everybody looked up to. I mean, he's an amazing figure for this state, for our league, for our community. You know, I mean, I'm helping Bud Grant at the time. So I'm like, you know, no problem. What do you need done? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to put the stamps on your mail? Whatever, whatever it took. And uh, he knew I knew Vikings history well off the bat. And then it didn't take long because I had developed such a good relationship with Sid. And then Sid would always want to come in and see Bud and, and Sid would say good things to Bud about me or something, you know, it just, it just all worked out. And, uh, I had hundreds of lunches with, with those two. I mean, I think anyone would kill to have sat down and have one meal with those guys. And, and it just became, it became something that my wife would have to remind me, Val, all the time that it's like, you know, don't take those moments for granted. And you you sometimes did. But when she said that to me, um, she said that to me one time when in the off season that the three of us went to wildfire for lunch and, and it was getting long. We were been there like an hour and 45 and it's like, you guys want the check? I'm like, yep, let's have the check. And Bud's like, whoa, 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 we haven't had dessert yet. He's like, we got to have dessert. And I go, oh, my goodness, this is going to be forever. You know, now we're getting dessert. It's going to take forever to get back. So I remember calling uh, my wife and I got back to the office and I said, yeah, I got some things to do. I got waylaid with, you know, lunch. It was two and a half hours of, you know, Bud and, and Sid. It just, you know, kept going on because, you know, extended. And she goes, listen to yourself, you know, that, you know, how silly are you? I mean, anyone would have loved to have, have been there. And ever since she said that, you know, 
I just became a little bit more reality to me that, you know, I'm not going to be able to do that forever. And I mean, one time, one time a bud came over to my house. Uh, I had some friends over and some of these guys he knew, like Dan Andy was there and, and uh, who hired me here. And we were watching the the final four final game. It was, it was Duke Butler. And, and we went out to Mexican ahead of time. And then we went back to my house. He's like, it's like, you got any ice cream here? And uh, I was like, yeah. And, and we actually had three flavors and I'm like, yeah, I thought that was pretty good. And he's like, that's it. You know, he's like, that's all you, I go, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I go this, we're not Baskin Robbins and you know, it's like, we don't have 31 flavors, bud. But I go, you got to like one of these three flavors, don't you? <laughs> it's true. Bud absolutely loved ice cream, but he also knew how to stare down the cold while creating a moment frozen in time. I'm sitting in my office at Winter Park, and I looked, the phone rings in my office. I looked down, and it's Bud Grant calling. It's the first time he's called me in 26 years. And I'm like, whoa, Bud Grant, ooh, you know, he's calling me. What's he calling me about? So I pick up the phone, and he's like, hey, you in the office? I go, yep, I just answered the phone. He's like, I got something I want to run by you. And I go, okay. He goes, yeah, come down to my office. So I went down to his office, and that was the week we're playing the uh, playoff game versus uh, Seattle Seahawks at TCF Outdoors. And he asked me, he said, hey, you know I'm doing the, I'm going out for the coin toss this game. And he goes, I got an idea, and I wanted to run it by you. And keep in mind, on this day, this Monday or Tuesday, it was 45 degrees in the middle of January. The parking lot was slush everywhere. People weren't wearing jackets into work. And so he, so he, he proceeds to tell me, he goes, I got an idea. When I go out for the coin toss, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off my coat and just be in my, my golf shirt and short sleeves. And I'm like, ah, you know, that'd be pretty neat. But I said, I said, but I don't, you know. He doesn't have an iPhone, you know, it's like he's not looking up weather forecasts. I go, do you know on Sunday, I mean, it's 45 degrees now, it's going to be 40 to 45 below wind chill on Sunday, 90 degree difference than today. And he just looked at me and said, if you put your mind to it, you can do anything for 10 minutes. And that was the end of the conversation. I mean, to me, it's one of the iconic moments in Vikings history in terms of just, I mean, it's, it's Bud Grant out in the cold. And, you know, I mean, and, and I just remember seeing Pete Carroll is just like, he's like, this is unbelievable. Pete Carroll had like 19 layers on and bundled up. You could only see his eyes. And it's just, I thought, I just thought it was, it was a neat moment. Obviously, had we won the game it was played everywhere for the next week, but if it, if we had won the game, it would have it would have just kept growing and growing and growing um, further. But it was it was pretty incredible. We will forever link that iconic moment with Bud Grant. On a similar note, when I think of Bob Hagen, I'll always start with a visual of his office at Winter Park, part time capsule, part cluttered mess but always welcoming. Bob had a museum in his office, so we, we got, uh, he was cur curated his own Viking museum. His office give, 
gives me anxiety. Like, I mean, people know me. I'm pretty OCD. Everything's got a place and everything needs to be off off of my desk. And you walk into his office and uh, at Winter Park especially, it's like you, you, you couldn't even find a place to sit down a lot of the time. And so it would give me severe, severe anxiety. But it worked for him, you know, and everybody's got their their system. I think he probably knew exactly where everything was in there, but it just wouldn't. That wouldn't go go well for me. And, and I think he had every, you know, CD that any rock band ever produced, and he had all those little Viking memorabilia, little knickknacks, and just photos of everything. And if you happen to mention a guy, you know, maybe he said something about Hugh McElhaney. He'd pull a damn photo off of his desk. He'd know where it was, and he might have to dig a little bit. But he would come up with it and say, oh, yeah, this guy. I mean, it was it just had a little bit of every piece of nostalgia from all time. I get, you know, sometimes I'm the person that, you know, my wife accuses of, you know, you just don't want to get rid of anything. You don't want to get rid of these, you know, old things you have or memories and stuff like that. And, you know, when I was packing up my second to last day, I was in our kind of we have a storage area and I was looking and I found this old media guide from my first year 1991 and had Dan Indy's name on the front of it it was his own one I mean there had to be 10,000 plus pounds of papers you know in that office but there was a little a little seat and I mean my knees are touching you know touching my chin because that's just how low it is but you obviously got to move the Star Tribune off of the seat, you know, you got to move some papers. Some were in the protective film, uh, you know, cases that Bob would put his special papers in. Uh, the man loves, you know, loves his printed papers. But I would sit in there, you know, I don't know how many hours I would spend in that chair, you know, just asking questions uh, about work, you know, about life, and just just having fun, just talking about anything other than Vi- the Minnesota Vikings. And so there was just always a natural connection, just the ability to sit down and not feel like you're talking to your boss. Always had that respect, but it was always just very relaxed and casual. And, you know, I'd spend hours in there with him and Tom, just, why'd you guys do this? How come you didn't do this? Like, help me understand this. Um, he'd like to play games where he would go through a, an album and guess how many songs I would know. And like, I'm not a music buff by any means, but my favorite music that Bob would play is the Jurassic Park theme song. And Sam Newton and I would always laugh or we'd always text like, oh, he's got the Jurassic Park cranked up today. And it's like, I don't think there's even words, but it's just like, I'm sure you guys know the, you know, the da 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 But, like, I don't know why, but Bob would play that, it seemed like, all the time. I don't know if it helped him relax or it helped him get focused, but he would crank the Jurassic Park theme song. And I just thought that was so random. The guy's got 500 CDs in his office, and he knows every single band. But uh, if I ever hear the Jurassic Park theme song, I think of one person, and it's it's absolutely Bob Hagen. Yeah, not Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> no, no, it's it's Bob, and uh, I don't I don't know why that one stuck out to him so much, but he seemed to play it a whole lot, and that's my favorite uh, musical connection to Bob. 
Bob loves live music for the way it brings people together. I average at least 40 shows a year. I love seeing live music and, you know, it's just something I've been passionate about and I'm like, I've brought a lot of other people along for the ride. Bob is amazing at knowing things about bands. He's a big music aficionado. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think he has a lifetime pass to Medina Entertainment Center. (laughs) I really do. Um, He, (laughs) I've been to a couple of concerts there. He was there both times. <laughs> I think they would slip Bob the set list before the concert would begin, so Bob knew what was coming all the time. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you just know Bob from this job, you wouldn't think those things, and that's the beauty of Bob. I mean, he would literally have set lists printed. This was pre-internet days, so you couldn't, or pre-cell phone. He'd come prepared. I'd kind of just go and be happy to hear whatever I heard. He would know what was coming up. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a, his, his music fandom um, far supersedes mine. And I know a lot of songs by lyrics, but he'll actually know them like by the name. Whereas I, I would not. So sometimes, a, you know, an artist will have a weird name for a song. I'll know the lyrics, but have never known what the title is. Bob knows them. I don't know how I stumbled upon that, but I I am Mr. Setlist guy. I love having the set list uh, ahead of time. It's also good to know when to go to the bathroom, know when to go grab beverage, um, stuff like that. But I, there's a lot of people that don't want to know. Um, you know, Terrell was at the show last night and was like, "Don't send it to me. I don't want. It. He wants to be surprised by everything." There's people like that, and uh, I I like it for just. Just knowing what, you know, what's coming next. And there's, you know, a website that has so, a set list FM that has so many old concerts. I don't think I could name a rock band that he hasn't been to their concert and couldn't remember in full detail the, the list of songs that they sang. And, and he might even know it by which one was first and which one was last. Bob's jamming. He's got the whole set list the whole day, you know, and this is when you start, you're starting to figure out like kind of who he is and he's got the music playing all day. He's getting ready for rib fest that night. Um, did his research, has the exact set list, listening to the songs in the order they're playing them that night. And you're excited to go out and we go there and go to the crowd and I don't see Bob or anybody anywhere. And then all of a sudden they go on stage, like the show starts and Bob's in the back by the drummer jamming. So I was like, oh, that kind of set the tone of of how he is, you know, concert Bob for sure. That was that was awesome. I'll never forget that one. Music is a big common thread with Bob and I. Uh, we've gone to a lot of live concerts together. Uh, we talk about music a lot when when we chat on the phone, and um, so so that is forever a common thread between he and I. Roger Waters is actually one that kind of stands out. Like, not a show I would ever think of going to you know pink floyd roger waters but um but he uh he convinced me to go to it and it was you know to this day is one of the coolest shows i've I've ever experienced so you know there are things that he's just innate knowledge of of things and music is is right up there with with pizza the paul mccartney one stands out because somehow bob had managed to get front row on the side of the stage and when Paul McCartney walked off Bob reached over and Paul McCartney shook his hand he was there two nights in a row and people said why did you go both nights and I say 
because he wasn't playing three nights. You have to see him. And those were seats that went on sale that day that they realized where the stage was. And they were, they were row one off to the side. And um, Paul McCartney came over and shook my hand on his way off. But that was the second time I met him. I also met him one time prior to the uh, Super Bowl, the, the halftime press conference he was going to do. Brian McCarthy from the league assigned me to be with him, knowing that's my favorite artist of all time. So it's it's it's... It's Brian McCarthy, Scott Birchfield from the Buffalo Bills, my boss at the Super Bowls, myself, Paul McCartney's security guy, and it's just five of us for 15 minutes. And I got to act like this isn't really cool. Like I act like I've been there, you know, and we're sitting there talking to him and, and all this stuff. And he's he's got a he's left handed and he's spinning a football around in his hand and everything. And then Brian McCarthy says, I, I don't know how to tell you this, sir, Paul, but um um, and, and we're like two minutes from going out on the stage, or not me, but Brian's going to bring him out there and introduce him. He goes, uh, Sir Paul, your um, your flies down. And uh, <laughs> and this is the year after the Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake wardrobe malfunction. So he he goes, oh, you know, back with us. He's like, oh, you know, and he has some cute little British word for the, the zipper or whatever. And he, he pulls it up and, and then he goes out and there's 1,500 media. And he just he just wows the room because he told them what happened backstage. He's like, we don't want another wardrobe, wardrobe malfunction. On more than one occasion, Bob lined up the Vikings travel party for shows on nights before road games. The good times have included seeing Boston's Tommy DiCarlo in Charlotte. The last three times we've played in Charlotte, I mean, I've got over 50 people to go all three times. And one of them was a sponsor trip that they were having. Um, they were having some unrest in the, in the town had a curfew. And so the, they had 50 sponsors down there and they couldn't go out downtown so they went someplace else to dinner and he was playing a show in the outer suburbs and they showed up with the whole bus you know of, of 50 I mean that night we had like 75 people there Paul Allen and Lieber and Bursich and you know the rest of the crew and um, it was just a ton of fun um, and you know Tommy's a great guy and, and I mean I love I love I mean those that's what kind of makes road trips fun is that you know doing something the night before like that that everybody comes together and you become better friends with the the different people you work with and you know the media that works with you also so those have been super good times a recurring theme has emerged we're all a bit better at our jobs and as humans because of Bob's influence in our lives his thy not I approach to life is is very metaphorical to the way I believe people should live and the way I don't believe a lot of people in society live now. And that all is born of having a pure heart and a heart that is just full of love. And that's Bob Hagen. One of the most loyal people you're ever going to know. He's loyal to his friends. He's loyal to his employer. He's loyal to the Minnesota Vikings. He's loyal to their fans. And loyal without being a lapdog. He is loyal because he has developed really good relationships based on integrity and trust and transparency. He's one of my, one of my nearest and dearest friends. He's always had my back. He 
has loved every minute of his time at the Minnesota Vikings, and he's been a he's been a phenomenal ambassador uh, to the Vikings or for the Vikings to the to the world at large. He knows a guy, and he can give you directions all over London. Um, and he'll quietly do it without bragging. It's like not even a humble brag. It's like it's like Babapedia, you know. It's almost like he just gives information in a calm manner. And it's he doesn't just know a guy. Like he and the guy went to Wimbledon. Just the uh, the funniest, nicest, most thoughtful guy. And, you know, passionate about the things he really cares about. Cares about his family, cares about the Vikings, he cares about tennis, he cares about concerts and music, and he's a guy that once you get to know him, he will evolve into one of your best friends. I mean, he really will. He's that kind of has that kind of impact on people. He's a fun guy when you get to know him, but if you're just meeting him for the first time, he's he's a pretty serious guy. You know, I mean, he's like I said, he's a pro's pro, and. Um, I just think that he he handled everything here with such grace um, and understood what everybody's role was in the media. I would just say one of the greatest professionals and people I've ever had the chance to work with. Everything you needed, he provided. He did it in a fashion that made it really enjoyable. I, I became really good friends with Bob, and, and that's very rare in this business. And I will tell you this, Bob never gave me anything that he didn't give somebody else. And uh, I actually totally respected him for that. I've never known a guy who's had a friend in every single city in the NFL. He is authentic to the core. And he has been my biggest connection to the Vikings since I retired 100 years ago. <laughs> and I, I appreciate that because, you know, we have a few alumni, right? We have a few thousand probably alumni <laughs> And, and always, Bob Hagen was always there. We, we, we chat a lot, and it's always good to talk to him. And he is, he bleeds purple. He's smart, he's talented, and he's authentic. He's a guy everybody has loved to be around. I've heard him named Mr. Viking by people. He loves the organization. He, he always has. He, he loves the team having success on the field, off the field. The dude didn't work a day in his life because he loved every second of what he did, and he did it really freaking well and, and made it so much so impactful and joyful for everyone around him. Incredibly proud to work here and, and be a small part of the success that, that you know, we had while, while Bob was here for a very long time. So truly enjoyed, you know, working every day next to Bob. And I think that's just where he instilled, like, if you don't love what you're doing, like— then it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a, a long career, and you might be in the wrong field. And so that's something that I've always kept you know front of my mind. And you know I don't think anybody has been prouder to work for the Vikings than than Bob Hagen. I think I would just say um, just a high quality person that you know really impacted me professionally. Personally, like I said before, just he cared about people and, you know, I remind him of this and he reminds me of it. He sends a picture to me every now and then. But, you know, he predicted I was going to marry my wife before I did, you know, and um, you know, he just sent me a text saying, I think you're going to marry this girl, you know, and that's just kind of how he was. You know, he, I mean, he is he 
he gets people and gets to know you so well, maybe he knows you better than yourself sometimes, you know, but um, just a, just a guy that put people first, you know. I've known Bob longer than I've known my wife. I mean, I, when I started as an intern, Bob's wedding was that week. So I've known Bob before he was married. He's known before I was married. I've, his kids are getting out of college now, and it's wild. It, it, it's, you know, we've both grown a lot. Our families have changed a lot. It's wild. Yeah, it's been a hell of a run. I would be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, you know, my family, you know, my, my wife, Val, um, my three kids, Matt, Carly, and Brad. I think what separates um, working here from um, so many other jobs, and there's so many other great jobs out there, but that, that um, when it's something like the Minnesota Vikings, your, your whole family gets to be a part of it. You know, they, they get to come see you work. They get to go to the games. It's pretty cool to, you know, have this type of an adventure. And, you know, it's just been an amazing run. An amazing run indeed, and one that I've benefited from personally. I first met Bob before Super Bowl 46 in Indianapolis. I was interning with the Titans at the time and volunteered to help the NFL's PR staff. We then overlapped at Super Bowls in New Orleans and New York before I was hired here in fall 2014. I sincerely appreciate Bob's guidance, bright personality, and friendship, as well as this opportunity to thank Bob through this podcast and a Vikings.com written feature. I'd also like to thank the following people for sharing their stories with us. Paul Allen, Jeff Anderson, John Ekstrom, Dan Indy, Sam Farmer, Greg Adeli, Don Mitchell, Sam Newton, Dennis Ryan, Joe Schmidt, Randy Shaver, Michelle Tafoya, Fran Tarkenton, and Tom West. Special thanks to Eric Davidson and Jay Nelson with Vikings Entertainment Network for their work on this presentation. And from all of us you've impacted, thanks Bob. <laughs>